Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. Anyway, welcome to Crossroads. If you're visiting with us back, uh, battled the snow or, or holding off hitting the powder day out there, whatever it is, thanks for being here. We have been in the book of Ephesians. Um, we're going to be in chapter 4. We're going to look at the first seven verses of chapter 4. And I'm just going to dive right in this morning. Here we go. Um, relational wisdom for relational unity. Um, anybody uh, struggling with relational stuff? Anybody in here? Um, if you're not, man, I'd love to talk to you. You know, um, It's just part of life, right? Um, let me ask you this question. How were you formed relationally? Who taught you relational skills? How did you learn relational skills? Absolutely. It's almost hardwired into us. Our home environment, the environment we grew up in, pretty much hardwires inside us how we view relationships, how we deal with conflict, how we um, deal with relationships. It's, it's hardwired. The power of home and that family formative years of experiencing relationships, conflict, how are things worked out? Do we talk about our, our you know, issues, our emotions? How do we deal with all that? And, some, and for a lifetime, many people are continuing to wrestle and struggle with that stuff. Some people never kind of get free from that stuff. Now, here's the, the, the good news in all this. Now, there's plenty of help out there we can find, but there's no help like the gospel. There's no help like what Jesus does. And when our relationship gets right with the Lord, when the Lord moves us, saves us and redeems us is he starts working in because we become a new creation we become a child of God we get placed into a new family the family of God and again this is the joy of how God redeems he redeems us from the inside out and and part of the fundamental idea of being saved and growing and maturing in the Lord is is growing in our identity of who we are in the Lord and that moves itself out in starting to heal relationships some take a lifetime, some happen right away, but this is a key part of our, our spiritual growth is that the Holy Spirit starts healing us. And even if you're from the, the very worst family environment possible, maybe you're an orphan, maybe you were left behind, whatever it is, is this is the beauty of what God is doing with the gospel that goes out. It is calling, beckoning the orphans, the outcasts, even those that were from a good, there's no perfect families. Everybody has their relational stuff is that God calls us into his family. And in the midst of his family, he starts healing and he starts giving and bolstering God's love for us, our worth. And he starts changing how we relate first to God and then to others. And that what we, in our prayer and in this move of the Spirit of God, He affects us, changes us, and we know real change is taking place. Some of the most formative beginning changes of a person is how they relate to others. I start reacting differently. I start responding differently. I start praying for people. And we're going to look at a couple things um, here this morning. So the church, as we've been talking about the first part of Ephesians, this grand and glorious purpose of God, which is unite 
through Jesus, all things in heaven and earth together again. God wants to dwell with us. He's got this plan. It's the course throughout history of he's been working and, and, and bringing this together. And now we're in the church age. He started the Old Testament with Israel. We've talked about that transition. And now in chapter 2, through Jesus, breaking down the barriers, bringing the two as one. Remember in the high priestly prayer, John 17, Jesus, what was on his heart, he prayed was, Father, may they be one like us. May they be one. May they be united. May there be this incredible union. And folks, without relational unity, there is no growth. There is no revival. There is no the church being the church. And the church represents the kingdom of God on earth. The church is to represent the family of God today. And the church is to be the representation of people coming in with any possible relational trauma and coming in and experiencing healing in the relationship, strengthening the relationship with God. And that moves out to bring healing and blessing and health into family relationships, friendships, everything else. One of the greatest blessings that come to Walking with God is the blessings of relationship, deep, lasting, lifelong relationships. And I won't take time to go over the stats today, but very few people in America have a lifetime friend. Very few people have friends that know them deeply. They have journeyed with them their entire life. We are an isolated people, and I could go on and on about those issues. But what we want to focus on this morning is the power of the gospel. And just to hone in for us, this... um, in these verses, just some relational wisdom for relational unity is without unity is we give fuel to the devil to carry on his chaos and his destructive purposes. The church, as we're going to see, is called to model, to rise above um, the level and present to the watching world a healthy community, a, a community where healing, relational healing takes place, a community where there is healthy moving and advancing and growing. Sure, there's tough things. Sure, there's misunderstandings. Sure, there's disagreements. Um, but we work these things out with truth and love and patience, humility, and these things we'll see to let God work and bring us towards a place of unity. Um, and so with that said, let me just read i have four things out of these verses that i hope you'll take i hope you'll wrestle with these i hope that you'll call upon god this morning even as you're thinking every one of us has relational stuff that we're working on and um i just hope that you'll take these and let god do his work even this morning right inside our lives when it comes to relational healing we know god is at work when he is healing relationships um there's always going to be conflict Always, the question is, how do we handle that conflict? How do I step into that and be patient in the process, right, and carry that on? And this is what Paul says. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord. Remember, um, he's not a prisoner for Nero or the Roman Empire. Paul understood he's in prison. He's a prisoner of Jesus. He's there for Jesus under his purposes, called right, to be a missionary and an apostle to the Gentiles. And he says, church, I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body. There is one spirit, just as you were called to one hope. That belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. 
But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And that is going to serve as our transition passage into next week. But first, I just want to dive in um, with our little time left. Four things out of this. First one is this. Look at all of our relationships in light of our relationship with God. So we talk about relational wisdom for relational healing, relational unity is we'll see God's heart, the importance of unity in the body. It's critical. Otherwise, we open doors in our own life, our own families for disunity, right? And the enemy just, he can step in there. He can put strongholds. He can put division. And the enemy is always, he's the father of lies. He's the thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. His number one purpose in your home, in your life, in the life of the church is disunity, relational disunity, relational dysfunction. The last thing he wants to see happen is for God's people to come into healing and relational healing and unity in the body where there is love and truth working together to push us on. We'll see the rest of this chapter towards this idea of maturity and the fullness of God. Um, and we'll come to this in a second, but I, I just think it's really important is folks without unity in the church, if the church cannot unify around the gospel and that unity being fleshed out in our relationship with each other, the church cannot be revived. A church will not be experience revival. A church will not experience health. Oh, you might have all kinds of, you know, bells and whistles out there, but health always, and this, bring this down to your, our own individual homes and families, a marriage without unity, there is not relational health. And there's only one thing ultimately that brings unity in the world, and it's the Spirit of God working. And so this is the first point. When we think of relational wisdom, and we think of our relational troubles, we think of our relational baggage from the past, our struggles in the present, whatever, we have to start here. Every bit of our relationship should be in light of our relationship with God. And this is what Paul says, is walk in a manner, church, of worthy of the calling that you've been called. And what's important to understand here is that the Christian faith is not, right, something that um, we choose. It comes to us, God comes to us. It's not something somebody can just wake up and say, you know, I'm going to be a Christian today. You know, I think I'm going to go be holy. I'm going to, I'm going to just go and, and live the, the commandments of God. It doesn't happen that way. God chooses us. He comes after us. Now we have to open our heart. Yes, we choose him, but as God is the one who's called us. And we see this all through the scripture. And I just throw this out to each of you this morning is, do you know the call of God in your life? Jesus says he's knocking at the door. There's a metaphor there for the whole church as well as the individual. The question is, am I letting him into my heart? Uh, there's no such thing of just kind of being a Christian. It's just what I grew up doing. No, there has, there's a time, right? God calls us as his children and we have to respond with faith. And Paul encourages the church, remember the calling. And this goes back to chapter 1, right, verse 18, that the eyes of our hearts, that Paul's prayer would be enlightened, that we may know the hope of our calling in God and all the blessings that come with that. And so when this is fleshed out, when it comes to relationships, it starts right here, is that um, 
Man, if I want vibrant, healthy relationships, and again, I could just give you stat after stat, right? Christian marriages, Christians who obey the word of God, it brings relational blessing. It's guaranteed. If we step outside of God's plan of relationships, of sexuality, of, of God's plan, is it will always end in fragmentation and relational destruction, always. This has just been the, tr- this has been the test of time. You can find nowhere in history where a society or people stepped outside God's design for relationships and wherever went well. It became an utter disaster, right? Um, Roman Empire, you just go down the line. Whatever culture or place, God's way is the best. Father knows best. And he's given us this and he desires for us to be a part of his family and to experience the unity and the blessings that come right with that. So, Again, it starts right here is to think of all relationships in light of the gospel. Um, one verse that Michelle and I use often in dealing with marriage is just Ephesians 4. We'll get to it. Um, the end of this chapter, verse 32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other as Christ, as God through Christ has forgiven you. In other words, I'm to look at you and no matter what the problem is, no matter what's going on, is I'm to look, if I'm a new creation, having a new creation perspective through the Holy Spirit is, is I'm to look at you in light of what God has done for me. And folks, that alone radically changes the context of what can happen, what kind of healing can take place. Radically changes how we look at each other and relationships. And what's going on is, is I first go vertical. I go to God. Lord, how have you loved me? How have you done for me? What do you ask of me in relationship? Remember, Jesus commands us to love even our enemies. Wow. How are you going to do that without God working right through you? Because we first go here with a gospel context. So that's just the, the first thing. I take this honestly um, this will revolutionize your relationships. Just to put a new creation filter on and in every relationship you have, right? Just put that gospel filter on and how you look at that relationship. Husbands and wives, this is all you need marriage counseling wise if it's fleshed out. If you look at your spouse according to what God has done to you and how he loves you and what he calls you to do as a husband or as a wife, changes everything. And now I'm serving God, right? Not trying to relate to you to get something out of you. I'm loving you. I'm serving you because of what God has done for me, right? There's a radical change there that takes place. So the second one, verse two and three is approach every relationship in the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Again, we can't do this without, right, his leading. Now, he gets very specific here, and he says, walk in a manner worthy. And, and the context here, as we're going to see, is primarily relationships in the body of Christ. If we can't get it right here in the household of God, we're not going to get it right out there. It starts here. And if it's not right here, it's not going to be right in our home. It's not right in our home. It's not going to be right here. The power of unity and working this, this out and modeling um, what God calls us to as the people of God, as the children of God, 
to properly learn how through the spirit of God to relate to one another, right, in a healthy way. I could take a a big tangent. Each of these four points, you want to know dating principles. If you're a single adult, you take these four principles and I can promise you it will revolutionize the health of your dating prospect of how you go about it. Um, When you start just interviewing somebody, you know, uh, getting to know somebody, asking them about their own past, their own relational right, health and story is, are these things present? Is there a desire, right, to go vertical with God and then also leaning in, realizing I can't be the person I need to be. I can't love someone uh, and relate to someone or work through a difficulty without leaning in to, right, the spirit of God. He says, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Man, there's a lot there. And that's deep water. That is tough stuff. Is it weird to walk this new creation perspective with each other with all humility, realizing I can't do this. I can't figure this out, right? I, I can't have healthy relationship with you without the spirit of God, right? Bringing alive the fruit of the spirit. So um, gentleness and patience, these are, Uh, fruits of the spirit from Galatians um, 6. Humility is just the character of Jesus who models for us if we're going to follow Jesus. This is foundational stuff that it's hard. And and I'm telling you, and just personally, I can admit it, is this kind of stuff. Try to do this. And I can promise you what's going to happen is what's going to come up is what I learned in the past. It's going to be a real quick reveal on those negative relational things in my past, and it is going to challenge me like, oh, how do I deal with that? Holy Spirit, only you. And, and, and once the Spirit of God, how he works is he reveals these things in our life. So what he wants to transform us, to be like him and to relate and love, right? Um, and that primarily is a relationship in primarily, primarily, right, in the um, body of Christ. All right, a couple practical things here. Um, first of all, this, it just moves steam towards eager. Paul's saying is that the church, each of us should be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Here's the line we'll come back to. Is there something more important than me? Sometimes what I think is best for me is not best for the body. Now, that is a radical thing in light of our highly individual culture where it's all about me. It's all about how I feel. But you know what Jesus says in this idea of humility is, is I come into and, and just apply this in your, own, in, in your own household. But how God's family operates is I come in, I've been brought in, I've been put into his family, his eternal family. And I need to realize there's something bigger going on. And sometimes what I think is best for me is not best for the body. Does that make sense? That's a huge issue. And if I just kind of work, that eliminates so many issues right there. If, If I have that body unity perspective, God... What is best for the body? What is going to be most unifying and bring the peace of God? It might not be what I think needs to happen here. Holy Spirit, you lead. You, you show me um, what, what's going on here. And I'll, I'll come back to that. 
But the whole first part of Ephesians has been, Paul's been giving us what Jesus has done to unite the Jew and Gentile, this beautiful union of unity in the all, and then every tongue, tribe, and nation of is the Gentiles coming together in perfect unity, loving, considering we all are in here by the grace of God, and that we need each other. And, and that Jesus' work on the cross, only peace in our heart comes from God through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus' sacrifice into our soul. And only through the peace of God can unity break out. And so there should be this growing sense of, God, I want to maintain what you're building, what you've done. I don't want to be the cause for disunity or a lack of peace in this place. And as church that gets that, that's maturity. And that's where the rest of this chapter goes. That is how a church or a family grows in the fullness of God is where there is this eager, regardless, willing to set aside my, my issue if need be or willing to disagree, but continues to work with patience. It out. But at all costs, we must maintain unity in this place. And so just a couple practical things here. Um, this, is, this is where it gets hard, isn't it? It gets hard when there's relational conflict. And the idea of later in this chapter, loving the truth in, in love together, right? To speak the truth in love. And folks, we live in a culture that um, is so um, consumed with affirmation at the cost of truth. The church is called to model something radically different, truth and love. And the thing is, if I go one side, if I go way over here, right, to to truth and I'm all about truth in a relationship is I might drive my point home. I might be right. Apply this to a marriage too, right? But guess what? <laughs> if there isn't a love, that truth is going to fall. It's not going to bring about what it's supposed to bring about, right? Um, and probably most husbands in this room can give too many, wow, some serious, I don't know. But I can for sure, right? Um, and that's a tendency, but you go to the other side, and if it's all love, right, and we leave truth behind because, oh, I don't want to be judgmental. Oh, I don't, want to, I don't want to tell the truth. Then what happens with that? If it's all love and there's no truth, then what happens? We develop a very false, non-biblical idea of love. And the truth is never t- said. And then, then what happens is that there isn't transformation. And so it's this wonderful line, and the only way we can be in the, this healthy balance is by the power of the Spirit of God. Is leaning in to uh, the leading of the Spirit of God um, in our relationships. So um, here's just a couple of practical things, and you've heard them before, but I just want to leave us as a church body with these things. What's some healthy ways to move into discussion, relationship, and even where it gets really tough, right, is the first thing is we have to be good listeners. If I'm going to be move in relationship by the power and the leading of the Spirit, I have to listen well. And um, I'm a terrible listener. I'm just going to say it. I'm a terrible listener. And um, Michelle's sick at home today, so, um, but I'll just say one of the primary things is she'll start saying something, sharing something, and I always jump in, and, and I have the answer already. So I'm really out listening because I already have the answer. And so she repeatedly is screaming at me, shut up, just let me finish my thought, right? And I'm like, oh, okay, um, you know. And that just reveals like, dang, I, I really wasn't listening. I, was, I thought I, I just, I had the answer. I've got the fix. Here's what we got to do, right? That's not loving. 
It's not a healthy relationship. It's not listening well. Now, you can go to a thousand seminars and learn how to listen well. The key is listening with the Holy Spirit. There's a whole nother level. And how do you listen with the Holy Spirit? It's actually very simple. When somebody's sharing something with you in your spirit and heart, you are praying, Holy Spirit, let me hear what I need to hear. Holy Spirit, let me be a blessing to this person. Let me value them. Let me hear deeply what they're sharing. You're saying that internally. It will transform the way you listen. You've invited God inside you to give you ears to hear what they're really saying. And you let them speak. Holy Spirit, you're inside. You're just saying, Holy Spirit, come. Be a part of this conversation. Be a part of this healing process, right? And then once that's done, then the next thing for healthy relations is clarifying questions. Is okay, help me explain. Just asking questions to value what they've shared and flesh that out. Ask questions, more questions. So that, again, Holy Spirit, help me understand. Help me get a healthy perspective of what they're saying. And then the next thing is the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. This is, again, what I, because I think I know the right answer or whatever is, Holy Spirit, I need wisdom. What do I say? How do I respond? Do I even respond then? It might be that he doesn't want me to respond. Just listen for right now. Holy Spirit, do you want me to say? It might be that he puts something else. Oh, Lord, and this is going on. Remember, you have the fellowship of the Holy Spirit inside you. So have an internal conversation going all the time. Remember, all relationships, my relationship vertical first, it comes into my horizontal relationship. And I'm just having this conversation. And man, he might lay something on you. Man, Lord, you sure you want me to say that? Oh, I don't really want to say that. Are you willing to say the hard thing? That's love, to say the hard thing. And it might be, Lord, I just need to hear from you. It might be right there in the moment. It might be, I need some time on that. That's healthy just some simple principles of letting the Spirit of God right, lead us in a conversation into healthy relational, and especially if it's a conflict, even more important, right, to work that out. And then there's this always humility and gentleness and, and with patience. And if there's disagreement, if there's conflict, then there's the, okay, let's carry this on because we are eager to maintain unity is if you are a follower of Jesus, you cannot cancel anyone. The culture can do that. But God calls you to faith. You cannot cancel someone. There's popular today the idea of being triggered. If you're a believer, a follower of Jesus, you cannot. You might get triggered, but you ha- cannot hold on to that. You've got to lay that at the altar. You're called to operate in faith towards someone. Right? To forgive them, to hear them out. Even if they triggered you with something, you got to go to the Lord. Lord, show me how. Help me ask right questions and understand their perspective. That's loving them as Jesus would have us love them. So, second one is approach every relationship in the power and leading of the Spirit of God. Now, verses four through six, um, this, there's seven ones in this thing, which tells us the unity of God and the power. And also, these verses speak of the Holy Trinity. Father's in here, Jesus is in here, and the Holy Spirit's in here. Again, highlighting the idea of being one. God desires us to be one. He desires us to be one with him and his people. 
And that is to be modeled now, right, in the church. And so this third one is in relationships. Think of the body of Christ first, then ourselves as members of it. Now, we already touched on this a little bit, but folks, that is radical. Radical. It's not about me. It's about what God is doing with his family. And Lord, how can I bring my gifting and how can I maintain unity in this place if there's something going on right that is bothering me then i need to what i need to go to that person i need to deal with that but if it's if it doesn't and it's just some practical things we know these things but guys this is hard because this is where the enemy works he gets us out of our lane we hear something over here or there something's going on in the life of the church or relationships or something and and we get into a conversation we start prying into things Stay in your lane. If we all just remember that, if that is not my business, unless it's made my business, guess what? Is I stay out. Lord, I'm to maintain the unity of the spirit of God. And um, we should never talk badly about someone. And we should never talk badly about God's church. No matter how hurt you might have been from some experience or, or something, and no matter how ugly you think some things are going, it's the house of God. It's God's house. Jesus is the cornerstone, and he's got it. And if you haven't been given the authority or the whereabouts to be a part of it, guess what? You keep quiet. Lord, it's your church. You deal with this, and you move on. And we always to talk positive about someone. And then just the practical principle, if I have a problem with you, is that I don't go talk to somebody else. The second I do that, guess what happens? The enemy takes that and he causes division like that quick. It's a wildfire. A simple principle is if I have an issue, then I don't go to anybody else. I pray just all the principles we just said. And I go to that person and I work it out for the sake of unity. At all costs, eager to maintain the unity. If I step outside that, I have just allowed a channel, right, of the enemy, right, to break in. And the other piece there, as I said earlier, is, man, no pry. Is unfortunately, even in Christian media, is that it's, you, I mean, I get all this stuff and, and it's like all these, it's like the gossip central about what's happening in this church, that church. That is building in God's people a lane they shouldn't be in. Focusing on something that doesn't matter to us. We're to focus on the unity of the spirit. Does that make sense, gang? Some simple principle is so hard because, man, it's so easy to overshare, right? Man, if you're talking to people, if somebody shares something with you, you keep it quiet. Just between you and them and God, there is a trust there that has to be sacred in the life of the church, and we all, we all get sucked into this. When we all get sucked in, and this is where the warfare is, the enemy is, is man, he is trying constantly to, to put people at odds, to keep division. And man, it can be a wildfire. Does that make sense? Radical. Because most of us, especially in this culture, it is all about me and my perspective. It has to be, Lord, this is your church. What is best for the body of Christ here? What is best, Right? And how can I be a part of that? Final thing, and Derek, y'all can come on up, is, um, and by the way, I think that's your phone. Um, um, In relationships, value the diversity of gifting as necessary for unity in the revival of the church. 
And what does he say in verse 7? This is amazing because Paul says, now, but, he's speaking about all this unity, but Christ has uniquely given each of you unique gifts. And those unique gifts are for the blessing and building of this body. And a church can never enter true revival without unity and without the body all serving each other and realizing, I need you, you need me. And, you know, Paul never, there is no lay person and, and like this higher person. The church is just different gifting. And again, throughout churches, we've got that wrong, right? As Paul makes it clear, we all are, and he led, we'll get to this next week, shepherds, pastors, evangelists, apostles, prophets, and go down the, the endless list of gifts that we have to build this church up. And we're to value each other in the sake of working towards this glorious unity. And the Lord knows we need the church to be revived. But folks, revival in the spirit of God, he will not dwell. He will not manifest his presence. He will not come and do mighty things where there's contention, where there's an unwillingness to work things out, where there is relational friction and disunity. That is the cesspool of the devil. And man, can he wreak havoc, right? In our homes, in our relationships. And so I just give you these four things. I hope you'll take them and dive into these just seven verses and just say, Lord, is there, where I need, where's the work need to happen in, in my life? Could be my marriage, could be a friendship. It just go on the list of things. And especially in the life of God. And so as Crossroads Church, may we be a church that strives to be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit of God, right? And, uh, and the, the bond of peace, if that is an eager longing, if we awaken to that, I promise you, God promises, there's great fruit and blessing, right, that comes. Does that make sense? So, Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. And um, Holy Spirit, pray you'd come. Lord, bring conviction. Bring a sobering wake-up call to us. It is so easy to get in the flesh and be captivated by some selfish thing, my rights, my way, my hurt, my trigger, what just got on a list of things. But Jesus, as followers of you, we lay that down. And oh, the grace you've shown us, and Lord, may we be a people with a new creation perspective, step into each other's lives. Lord, for the unity of your body. Lord, that you would come and renew it, revive it, and strengthen it, Lord, for your glory. In Jesus' name, Lord. Just take some time here and um, let the Lord speak to you on these issues. Um, do some business, uh, as we say, with the Lord on, on these truths. And... Uh, just as the Lord leads, let's come to the table as a, as a church family, right, in unity around that table and celebrate um, the wonderful thing, again, that God, through Jesus, has made us into relationship with Him. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.